0: All right. Welcome everybody to our latest MX Vice SMX Review Show podcast as we talk all things motocross of nations from RNA and what was a fascinating weekend of action where the French reigned supreme on home soil in pretty emphatic style. Thank you all for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. Before we get started, we'd firstly like to thank our sponsors in Golf Racing Fuels, Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, AS3 Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, o'neill and of course Evenstrokes for all their incredible support as without them none of this would be possible all right for this one i'm joined by brad wheeler mate how's things and how did you find the nations and just uh give us a few early thoughts and drop that Evenstrokes code if you wouldn't mind as well thanks mate
1: yeah so the uh evenstrokes.com code is uh brad wheeler 10 you put that in the um discount code area when you check out that knocks 10 percent off your uh your basket so yeah head over to evenstrokes.com for uh, any and all of your motorcycle needs but yeah i think motorcross nations is kind of the race everyone looks forward to all year you get to see pretty much the best of the best really um <clears throat> you may not have the depth sometimes with obviously france has a lot of great riders at the gps but, and obviously in america as well um you only sort of get to see the three best, whereas in the GP, you might get to see, uh, <clears throat> like, well, all the French guys' names are ex- escaping me now. But obviously in America, you got Ferrandis, uh, Muscan as well, before he retired. And yeah, a load of French guys, basically, in the GPs. Um, Beniston, yeah, you get the picture. But yeah, basically, <clears throat> as a, really, it's the best of the best. There's very few countries that have got that many... War class riders, um, and it's kind of the only time you get to see the GP guys versus the AMA guys. Um, obviously we have got Roxon back, which is great. It's always good to see Ken racing in in Europe. Um, also good to see the Suzuki out there, and you get yeah, you get the American team. Basically, the Australian team is basically AMA based minus Dean Ferris. Um, so it's, yeah, it's great to see the. The front AMA boys swear off against the front GP guys. And I think it's it's kind of left it all square, really. Um, I don't think the AMA guys can go away saying we're the best, or the GP's going GP guys can go away saying we're the best. Um obviously Prado won the, the qualifying race. Jet came from a long way back, finished second. Uh Renault won the qualifying race, and so did VL, right? Yeah. Um So, yeah, pretty even Stevens in that mark. Uh, and then, yeah, the first race, um, Feather and Proud had a great battle. Jet, I've pretty sure he crashed on the first yeah. lap, so he came from dead last, sort of back to sixth, I think, literally passed guys on the line, yeah, um, which was pretty incredible. Um, And, yeah, I mean, he was just sort of making passes where <clears throat> other people were not able to. Um, but really it seemed that he out of only him, Jet and Tom Vell seemed like the only sort of AMA based guys that didn't struggle. Even Hunter didn't look comfortable. He was just having little tip overs. Um RJ was leading the quality race and crashed. Um Craig just got a really good start in the qualifying race and just sort of went backwards a little bit. Um Plessinger's qualifying race wasn't too bad um but yeah just on the day they just just didn't have it it's as simple as that they were not on the pace they were yeah you can make all the excuses under the sun that they did not ride these sort of tracks and all that shit but the 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 fact of the matter is it's not like they were um <clears throat> battling out in eighth and ninth sort of 40 50 seconds behind they they got put both got put a lap down in the last race, and and some like it wasn't like they got laps in the last lap. There was still sort of like a handful of laps left. It was a uh, yeah, just not a good showing for Plessinger and um, Christian Craig and RJ. They, I can imagine they're probably pretty disappointed with the whole thing. I mean, fair play to the lads. They stepped up. Nobody else wanted to do it. They put their hand up and said we'll do it. Um, but yeah, I don't think I think they really underestimated um the level of the GP guys, the the tracks in France, um, and yeah, it it showed on Sunday. They just didn't have it. But I mean, what can you really say about France? They were pretty damn near perfect. Uh, if um, I mean, yeah, I mean for, for this the Moto Two where. Renault won vl was second like right behind him mm. it's very rare you see an m x two bike at the at the front, especially on a track like that I think the last time an m x two rider won a class was twenty I reckon it was twenty twelve. no no twenty twenty thirteen in Toy Chantal which was Roxanne I think him and tomac went at it for the win um so, yeah, basically 10 years ago um, was the last time we sort of really seen an MX2 bike that near the front. <clears throat> so, yeah, but like a team of Renault, Fevre, Vial. Um, there was obviously talk of the Lawrences and Ferris maybe challenging them and uh, Prado, Fernandes and Oliver. But it, at the end of the day, it wasn't even close. Like 20 points is... A... <laughs> When you when you're scoring it
0: one point at a time, it's a fucking massive gap. <laughs> oh, um, pretty brutal, wasn't it, mate? That's their seventh win in history now. They're just so good of late, aren't they?
1: Yeah, just yeah, they're just on a, on a run. Obviously, America did win last year, but they pretty much turned up with the best team they could possibly have, um, like that they've probably ever had in a long, long time um, in in Redbird. And yeah, it was still it was still close, really. Um, but yeah, this year France just absolutely away with it from the from the get-go. Um yeah, I mean Hunter, I think he really let really let the side down. Um they really needed two really good results out of out of Hunter and a, a tenth is I mean, really, to be fair, even if he had like another fifth. It still would have been a 15 point gap. And if Jet wouldn't have had if Jet would have got a good start and would have finished like a second, it still would have been a 10 point gap. So really <clears throat> it's I mean, you can't a, a score of like 14 when the the minimum you can get is eight is is pretty phenomenal, really. <laughs> it's sort of like um USA Buds Creek sort of
0: remnants. Yeah, they rose to the occasion so well, mate, and they loved that crowd. It was 102,000 over the weekend, pretty impressive, flags, flares, chainsaws. It was all happening, dudes in two twos being absolute nutcases, mate. It would have been pretty awesome. James was having a great time What he was telling us. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess to talk a little bit more on the track and the French, I guess, obviously heaps of guys had some really big crashes. There was a lot of chat about the prep. Hasn't been much rain going on there, you know. Was there any intention behind it to suit the French guys? I just say just rose to the occasion in a lot of ways too, because all those GP guys that race that sort of stuff, train and that sort of stuff regularly, they struggled pretty badly too. A lot of them, so yeah, it developed pretty nasty, pretty bumpy, sketchy. The waves got pretty nasty. So many dudes swapping, you know. Fernandez had some huge crashes, and that one coming out of the last corner, they were really banging into that bank and just sort of flying off, and that was causing so much instability and. You watch Jet Lawrence doing it and just the balance he has is just crazy. And same with Kenny, the way they navigate those sections is pretty impressive, mate. But I guess just to keep on the theme of France before we get your thoughts on the track again, mate. But yeah, got the qualifying race wins, two of them, two qualifying race podiums. These stats just got sent through from Paul Piercy. pretty impressive. Qualifying race laps led 13. You know, they were just so far ahead of everyone, weren't they? Race podiums four, you know, race laps led 19. Fastest lap, two of them. Obviously, I think Lawrence got the fastest lap in the third one. Where only he and Rox were in the one forty nine, so they were flying, really flexing their muscles. And the averages really sum it up, mate. So I guess obviously they had gate pick twenty six to start with, but uh, yeah, qualifying race finish average two point three three. Qualifying race first lap position two point three three as well. Race finish average three point six seven, and race first lap position average four point three three. That kind of sums it all up, mate. And yeah, just your thoughts on those, and yeah, the track.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the track is, is a typical French track. I mean, if you're if you're the host nation and your team's in with half a chance of winning it, why the fuck wouldn't you prep it to benefit your riders? It's, you'd be an idiot not to, in my opinion. Um, it's just it's one of the perks of hosting the event. If 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 you're um, if you're Holland and you're going to host the nations, you're not going to pick a fucking hard pack track, are you? You're going to pick the deepest, roughest sand track you can find. Um, Yeah. I don't, I don't have an issue with the way the track was prepped. It was a hard, it was hard pack, but like it made for, it also made for some pretty good racing. There was, it wasn't flat out. You had to be pretty technical. Like we've seen uh, Fernandez make really sort of cost Spain, the podium, um, all they time needed throw him was a to...
0: wasn't it?
1: Yeah, just he well, yeah. I mean, he was what he was leading, uh, leading the first uh open MX2 race. Um, I mean, fair enough, Renault caught him, past him, but really, he had second, pretty much tied up, just sort of had to just keep it up, right? Um, and yeah, obviously, couldn't manage that. And then in the last one, um. Yeah, where Jet made that pass on Geyser, he just, yeah, hit the bank and just spat him off. It was, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it was kind of a typical Fernandez crash performance. Um, it was all, you're, you're always kind of gambling with Fernandez, but like, you know, on his day, he's got the pace to run up front. And really, all he needed to do was just bring home two solid performances, which he, he had the starts to do it and he's got the pace to do it. It's just a yeah, obviously the track was mega tricky and he obviously struggled with it. But um yeah, like I said, I think the track was good. Um there was like even down that big hill in the middle, there was there was lines all the way down it. There were like some of the guys were absolutely ripping down it. I think someone, I don't know who it was, went an absolute pisser. Oh, um, that was Pivisto. You...
0: The bike flew into the fence. That one.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. that wow. one. Yeah, like you kind of seen it on the <laughs> it on like a drone cam. Just this bike, just cartwheeling down the hill through the fence.
0: It almost but... hit the rider at the bottom going round, didn't it? Yeah,
1: it was like, lucky it didn't just KO someone come on like on the other part of the track. It was, but like the hill, it the people were going down it so fast and it was so rough and rutty, but yeah it made for it made for good racing like they it wasn't just a case of the insides everywhere the outsides everywhere you could square people up and like the section after um sort of like the awkward uphill left-hander where a lot of people were sort of getting a bit off balance there was like a sort of double double single double section um a lot of guys were going out wide and cutting back to the inside and squaring people off and it was it was good It, it it was exciting to watch. It wasn't just like yeah, getting a rat, follow the rat, boring old like slot cross. Um, yeah, I didn't have an issue with it. I think, yeah, like I said, you're in France, expect French conditions, and obviously yeah. it played right into the right into their hands. I think the, for the countries that were going there, expecting it to be, um, ripped up deep in
0: everything, then they're fools really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was pretty crazy wow. obviously the class winners were rocks and vial and renault and obviously how good was kenny mate the skill the talent everything was there he sort of pieced it together that pretty impressive 2023 continues doesn't it mate he's loving the freedom of that team he sort of mm. rejuvenated revitalized obviously even that last moto he was had the lead for a good i think seven laps or so and then jet lawrence just sort of capitalized pounced when he had to but yeah, those guys were pretty impressive just watching their actual riding on those tight sections, the way they navigated it, staying up on the pegs at such high speed. Like it's one thing doing it, but at the speed they were carrying around some of those outsides and on the insides when they were sitting down and just swinging in and out of that big hilly section to get the drive up the hill. You know, that pass Kenny put on Jeremy C when both his legs were hanging off the side of the bike at different <laughs> sections and he still managed to pin it and get past him. It was pretty impressive again. Yeah the nuances and the speed, the skill these guys have, and the adaptability of Kenny as well, stepping in and out of different series and formats. It's so impressive, mate. But what were your thoughts on those two guys and just how good was it watching them? And they definitely added that star power to the event, especially Kenny and having someone like him who hasn't done it for quite a few years now. So I think it was in 2018, wasn't it? So yeah, great having him out there, mate, and just treating the fans to a clinic, weren't they? Yeah, I think...
1: um... In my opinion, if Roxanne stayed in Europe after 2011, I think he's he's um like an eight or nine time world champion. Um, just the skill he's got on the bike, the way he rides the bike. Um, like, yeah, he, he gets good starts, puts himself in good positions, doesn't do anything ridiculous, doesn't do anything too drastic. Um, yeah, but he's also got that incredible sprint speed if he gets out front but like we saw in the first one he was sort of i don't know fourth or fifth just sort of sat there by this time made a few passes um and yeah put in put in two good results and came away with the overall which is and um, that was even
0: stalling it wasn't it in that first one yeah
1: yeah i mean <laughs> that yeah like it was great the cameraman like just caught it perfectly just in slow-mo he's just stalled there he's like getting the kickstart out I mean it it fired up pretty quick, but um yeah, I mean great great work from the camera guy. It was uh <laughs> it was good. But um yeah, like he yeah, like I said, just gets good starts, puts himself in good positions and on on a track like that, that's half the battle. Then you can you can pick your lines, sort of figure out what what's working, what's not working, where you can push, where you can't, where you need to follow, where you can try and make passes um and yeah he basically did everything perfect was he was he the fastest guy like no probably not jet and prado were arguably quicker but at the end of the day they jet jet fucked up the first race and prado just didn't really couldn't really get going in the in the final one so um yeah it was it's I yeah i mean i really enjoy watching kenny ride he's super methodical um very similar to jet just a little bit um
0: maybe it's hard to it's not it's not more ragged than jet but um, more aggressive it was interesting to say jet was following his lines in that second one just to sort of get an idea and then he learned them and then passed that's sort of another testament to kenny just the skill isn't it yeah i mean Jet's not Jet's a very
1: wise rider like but beyond his years he he knows kenny is a great rider and he's he would have ridden that track before. He He's ridden a lot more in Europe than Jet. So, yeah, well, follow his lines and see where he's making time, see where he's losing time. And, yeah, I mean, Jet again, did everything right in that second one, or the, well, their second motor, the final race. Um, yeah, sort of sat there. He had no pressure from Renault behind. Followed Kenny's lines, figured out where he was going to make the pass, made the pass, and... Yeah, I mean Kenny fair play to Kenny, much like um Chicago, uh stayed right with him. Didn't really um Jack couldn't let up or anything, but um yeah, hard to make up a lot of time on a track like that. But I think yeah, I mean fair, well, fair play to Jet, Ken and Prado and Renault, they all rode they both they all four of them had Two really good races. Fever looked like he really struggled in that second one. I don't know if it was just sort of like the weight of the moment. Mm. Didn't want to do anything too stupid, but he was just like in a look like he was in a life or death battle with Ferrato. Yeah. <laughs> well, it looked like it was life or death for Ferrato anyway. Just like Fever would the pass, then he was dive bomb back by him. I mean, Fever must be like fuck Saids, fuck off.
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I guess but... on the topic of Team Italy, how good were they, mate, getting third? Obviously, oh, Germany yeah. would have uh, expected to get the job done probably, but just a couple of results from Langenfelder and Koch there probably didn't perform to yeah. what they're capable of. But Bonacorsi was so impressive on that 450. We spoke last week about how he could be a bit of a wild card because he's such a big man. He's got a lot of skill, fresh off the MX250 champion. He's already ready for the 450 just with the size. So that was really impressive And Ferrato. Obviously, you know, did really well. He's a great rider. You know, yeah. maybe he could have even done better on another day because he's pretty good on those hard pack stuff. He doesn't mind being really aggressive and he's got a lot of skill as well. And I guess not many people would have had maybe Darmo score getting dropped. So to keep two Abona Corsis as well, pretty impressive stuff, mate. And just to finish on the Aussies, obviously best result ever for them getting a second. You know, Jet obviously leading the team, Hunter. Did reasonably well. Obviously, that crash, it looked like he might have hurt his ribs again there for a second. It was pretty worrying because it was like his whole front of his body just went straight into that bank there. And Ferris was pretty happy to get through unscathed and be able to race after that big one in the qualifying race. So he somehow was sort of magically not injured at all. So he was pretty happy with that. And he did what he had to do, I guess, if maybe Hunter had a little bit better scores. But yeah, the French were never going to be beaten on that day, no matter what you did. But yeah, just your take on Germany and the Aussies too, mate.
1: Yeah, I mean uh the aussies i mean it's not like it did it's not like they did bad um like i just had a quick look at the scores like they they scored 34 that that wins the nations in 2021 um italy won it with 37. um so yeah it's not like 34 is a, out, is a terrible score um but yeah just france were just firing on all cylinders just they're, they're they 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 were not going to get beaten there's no way around it they they went there to win. They had, they went there to do a job, and they did exactly that. They cried. They had the crowd on the side, the track on their side, just everything was basically set up for them to win. Much like Merrick for last year, it was basically going to have to be a complete fucking disaster for them for them to not win. Um, but yeah, so fair play to the to the Aussies. I mean, Ferris a twelfth is is pretty respectable in that class. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously they dropped one of Dean Ferris's results, which I think most people would have said that's what they were going to do. Um, yeah, I think maybe the maybe the expectations of Hunter was a bit more than a tenth, um, and obviously they were kind of probably expecting Jet to probably go one one or like one two or one three or something. Um, but I mean, he's racing against the the best riders in the world, not not just. The best riders in America, so the whole world. Um, and yeah, Italy, I like there's probably five or six teams you would have picked to have finished third ahead of them. Um, and yeah, um, Bonacorsi first race on a 450, first like professional race. Um, and yeah, like an eighth and an eleventh is yeah, is pretty decent. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously Germany, Lagenfelder really sort of fucked it for them. Um, he kind of really needed, sort of to be in that top ten, sort of like eighth, ninth, sort of positions. Um, and Tom Cock, I mean, a seventeenth. I think I don't think you can really ask for much more from from Tom in that in that race. He's it's not like he's a. a consistent gp rider um he's like kind of drafted in as i don't know it's like who's going to be our third rider it might as well be this guy it's not like um yeah it's not like that it's not like renault or someone like that it's
0: he he's kind of i believe he does the ADAC and, and the, the old Select gp round probably about half the season mainly all the euro yeah ones. so He's still a good riding. Yeah, th- at Madley Base. Oh yeah, I that mean, that he's eight, eight, now, seventeen, and twenty-one. So yeah, I suppose if Blankenship had just got a couple more results, they got the podium, don't they? Yeah,
1: I mean, um, yeah, that's it. I, I you could see. I mean, Vial had a second, and and a, a a second and a an eighth. Um. So you could like it was capable for an MX2 bike to be in that top 10. Um, and I think he was arguably probably the quickest MX2 rider at the end of the year. Um, so yeah, I think he's probably going to be a little bit disappointed with that one. They were only four points shy of the podium. So yeah, basically like a ninth or something would have seen them on the podium. Belgium. I think Geertz is probably a little bit disappointed after how well he did it. Redbud. Um, had this been like his first time on the 450, it, you'd probably say, yeah, that's fair enough. But obviously after riding so well at Red Bud, probably coming here expecting to sort of be in that mix for the win. A ninth and a 14th probably isn't really cutting the mustard for him. Um, Everett's was Everett's was decent. yeah, A third, third and a tenth. A third is very respectable. Obviously on the 350, um, not, like pretty young really for his, for his age, obviously, um, but um, yeah, and then I mean, Lucas Kunin's probably a little bit disappointed, I'd imagine. Just didn't, wasn't really a factor the entire weekend, even in the qualifying race. I don't think I've seen him on the telly once. It looked like he won some award, the Ricky Carmichael award. I don't know what that is. I've seen him holding a yeah. like a, one of the one of the plate fox plates on um on his Instagram, and it's like the Ricky Carmichael award. I don't know if that refers to him in ninety eight getting lapped twice or something, but um, it's uh, yeah, I'd be interested to know what that award was, because um, i I don't know was he the first rookie I can't I must, I imagine there must have been someone else' the first nations as well that was in front of him, but yeah, who knows, but maybe that's something we'll have to look into for next week um see you were pretty as I'd expect I think really a fourth and a sixth um Looked like he was sort of going to go with them in the in the first race uh, with Prado and Fevra, but kind of just lost the toe, kind of got swallowed mm. by um, Roxanne. Because obviously, Roxon stalled it and he got back by, him and then he caught him off and went back by Seaworth. So that was probably a little bit demoralizing being passed twice by Suzuki.
0: Yeah, he was sort of like uh, a contender for the win, wasn't he, mate? Obviously, on that. Yeah, season, I think, really yeah, think you'd have uh, said. Who knows what was happening? Yeah, I think you're right. Said, yeah,
1: I mean he probably finished what fourth in the class, fifth in the class, so yeah, respectable. Yeah, and then obviously down to Spain, kind of mentioned Spain. Olivier, uh, he was I think he was he was further up there in the first race, but he had to coming together with Hampshire. Um he's he's not really like a rider that's gonna get a bad start and come through. He needs he's like heavily reliant on that start. Um and it just yeah, it just didn't happen for him. Um, I imagine he probably had the second gate pick each race, um, just because obviously Fernandez and Prado were both capable of winning. So yeah, I mean he had his back against the wall from from the word go, but yeah, it's a difficult one. He was in a difficult position. He's not he's not like a front guy MX two rider. I mean he he's capable of getting good starts, but when you when you're that heavily reliant on a good start, it's always going to be a bit. A bit tricky and then yeah America I mean not much else to say about them apart from I mean Plessinger out of fifth I guess that's the only thing you can really hang your hat on Um, in the first race it, it was it was a good fifth didn't you? like it was decent Um, but like a fifth and 18th this, I don't know what happened just maybe in the press release say all your clutches broke or something
0: I think they'll be keen right. to have another crack at Madley Basin next year won't they mate everyone loves that track they should have a host of riders lined up yeah.
1: yeah I think um yeah I think next year we're probably going to see a bit of a different team um it which is a sh- kind of a shame because obviously they put their hands up and said they'll do it so I feel like they should sort of get sort of not first draft next year but be like in the conversation but <clears throat> I don't think Craig really. Obviously, he's just come off an injury, so it's difficult. But um, yeah, Plessinger, I think, was expected to do more than an eighteenth. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's tricky, isn't it? I think if Sexton was there, I on well, obviously he would have done better. But I honestly don't think he would have been on the pace of Jet and Prado and Febvre, Renault, and Kenny. I just think that track would have been a bit too much for him. <laughs> I think there would have been a lot of topple overs, um, charging into the ruts a little bit too hard. That's like standing him up. I just, yeah, you would have been just overriding the track, I think. And I think that's kind of what Hampshire was doing as well, just really just pushing too hard. And you just couldn't do that on that track. It was, you just literally had to just ride around it. There was There was very few places where you could race the track. Um, yeah, I mean, I far do you want to go down to Slovenia, guys? Both on GB, quiet. Right? Um, hard to, I think it's kind of what most people expected. Maybe they're expecting a little bit more of Ben. Um, I think Conrad was in 10th at one point in the first race. Um, I'm guessing he must have crashed or something or dropped it, but yeah, I mean, I would. I'd have probably place them anywhere between tenth and seventh, or seventh and yeah, eleventh, twelfth. Um, I think that's kind of where we're going to be for a couple of years. To be honest, there's not we've, we've not got that star power that like we had a couple of years ago when we had Cyril in Wilson, um, and like obviously Simpson, um, all GP winners and AMA winners, we're kind of. In a bit of a lull as it is. I mean, not not to take anything away from Comrade and Ben and Josh. They're all all great riders, but um, yeah, I think we're just gonna struggle for a little bit. And um, yeah, to be honest, I don't really see where the next the next lot's coming from. So yeah, rather not talk about it if I'm honest.
0: <laughs> yeah, I suppose but, we um, down the list in the Netherlands, obviously in nineteenth there DeWolf Alandra did the best they could. Obviously, Glenn Coldenoff was injured on the saturday and caused him to miss so that was pretty tragic for them because they would have probably been prime candidates for that final spot on the podium i guess mate so yeah another cool experience for them and yeah it must be sort of a hard for the mindset going in now and you're sort of probably just gonna you know ride around and you can't really win especially when it's such an important event and you want to be there and you put so much energy and pump yourself up mentally and i guess sweden too only obviously gifting had an issue on the saturday too and he was out so Oslin and Benson just sort of forced to roll around there too, mate. So, any final thoughts on the nations? I guess looking at it, was a pretty cool event. The buzz was great. The atmosphere was probably unrivaled in. I guess, motocross around the world, wasn't it, mate? It was pretty uh, up there. The French certainly deliver and the fans from all over the world love going there. And, you know, it must bring so much to the area as well in terms of, you know, all the restaurants and the hotels. They must get such a massive boost from all that, I guess. But no, it was a pretty cool event, mate. I thought the racing was good, like you said, lots of passing, you know, considering the track obviously divided opinion, but it still raced pretty well. And guys were still able to make up the difference if they had the right lines or were willing to push or you know, had the right technique in certain areas. Like it was pretty magic watching some of those guys get around there and the way they do it. And, you know, different techniques, you know, it all combines to yeah. make a pretty special event, mate. When you got these such great depth in this event, there was obviously a lot of really good riders. Yeah. Did. Sometimes the depth isn't as high, but this year it was pretty excellent. Maybe just a couple more team USA heavy hitters and you got a pretty well full gate, don't you mate? Obviously you get hurlings back in there and it's pretty cool for next year. It's all shaping up well for Madaly and you'll definitely be there. I hope to be there. So just the final thoughts on that mate and on the topic of sexton obviously that red bull ktm news has been dropped today so that's really exciting moving forward so just your thoughts on a couple of those there mate
1: yeah um matter always a great venue for the nations you always get a lot of british fans even even if we haven't really got the strongest team um they'll be out in the in their thousands to come and watch the nations they all love watching like the, the americans and the aussies and all of that, so yeah, I think Matt and will be great next year. Um, am I missing something in these results? Because nineteenth and twentieth, Netherlands and Sweden, they've got forty-four points. The Netherlands with de Wolf and Melanderin going nine-nine eleven-fifteen, and then obviously, Coldenoff didn't race, so surely they just take a forty. Yeah. That's Which right. takes them up to 84. But, but can we mean like these both these teams are obviously missing a rider and they're just at the bottom, even though you give the score yeah, yeah. 40 and they're not lower than Brazil, Finland, Norway, Czech Republic, New Zealand? Like Holland should actually have finished 84 points, they would have finished. Ninth,
0: yeah, with, it's quite strange. But, obviously they haven't counted it, but yet. I don't they know how because yet. obviously
1: in Redbud they only had two riders and they still they only they still finished third or second, they might have even finish second.
0: Yeah, there was something um, about the getting the 34th because he started or something wasn't there, right? So you've got to start the race to get, yeah. So
1: basically, if you if you only got if you turn up two riders and one of the they don't you just turn up into three riders and one of them. You don't start the races, you're basically fucked. Yeah, you might as well add. You might as well two hundred on straight away. Right, cool, great rule. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. But yeah, it's uh. Yeah what what was the other question you asked? Sorry. Oh, just about sex and the Red Bull KTM. How exciting! Oh yeah. You? Yeah. So yeah, obviously the, the news finally dropped. Um, that I think everyone knew about like three or four months ago. Um but yeah, obviously probably the biggest biggest um switch of the off season over over here and over there. Um the Sexton of Red Bull KTM, which will be interesting. He'll be um the number one guy again. Um I mean I imagine he probably was the number one guy this year. You just pegged him as the number one guy going into the outdoors, but I think he's switched pretty pretty sharpish. Um, so I think he doesn't really see Plessinger. Um, have they got another teammate? Is it just Passenger and Sexton? So I don't think he really sees Plessinger as a, a a massive threat to any championships that he's going for. So I think yeah, he's comfortably the number one guy in his head. Uh, which will be interesting. I think um, that KTM is more the frame's a bit more flexible than the Honda, which I think will help him um, with those sort of silly little tip overs. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. Obviously, change into the number four as well. So yeah, a lot of changes for Sexton next year. It'll be, I'd imagine, it'll be confused a lot of people when he first comes out a one on a on a KTM, on a new number. Um, yeah, I know mean, my wife hates watching the Nations because she has no clue anyone is because they've all got different numbers. So <laughs> um, it'll be, a, yeah, I think it, it'll be good. I think it will give him, um, not revitalise him, because obviously he did well in the SMX, but I think it will sort of give him, well, I guess it will revitalise him, like a new lease of life, a new outlook on things. Obviously, he'll be in, I've like sort of Roger DeCosta in his corner, he has got a wealth of knowledge. Um, I'm pretty sure he's still training at the sandbox or wherever these, wherever one of the, he's not training with Arden Baker anyway. Um, so yeah, I think it'll be good.
0: Probably makes sense in a lot of ways. Obviously, with Jet Lawrence, will be the heavy hitter for Honda in the 450. So, Having two guys must be a bit of a difficult dynamic. So having someone like AP as your teammate, pretty perfect, isn't it, mate? Should make for a pretty nice, seamless dynamic under the awning there, mate. So, yeah, I guess we'll just watch with interest as we build up to A1. We'll probably pump out a couple more of these podcasts throughout the off-season. Obviously, there'll be plenty of news dropping, lots of, you know, off-season races to talk about if we want to go down that way. But it'll come around quick, won't it, mate? Because this year's absolutely flown by and A1's really not that far away, is it?
1: yeah no not long a one really in the in the grand scheme of things, sort of like a couple of months um yeah, and then you'll you'll start seeing seeing videos of press day and things like that, so yeah, I mean the off season i mean sort of once you get the other side of Christmas it's um you're pretty much there, aren't you it's you're you're um you're basically just on the countdown then so. A one. Eight eighty-nine days to to the sixth of January, which I'm pretty sure is when A one is. So um yeah. Eighty-nine days less than less than three months, really. So yeah, won't be long. I think the guys will have I don't know, maybe two or three weeks off and then it'll be into boot camp. The grind will start ready for um ready for supercross. So yeah, I'm I'm quite interested to see the sort of like some first videos of like Shimoda and Honda and things like that. Obviously, we've seen a few videos of Kitchen and Roland on the Kawasaki. So, yeah, it should be sort of a, an exciting off-season. There's quite a few changes, so,
0: um, yeah, be good. It- yeah, bring it on, mate. That A1's going to be so stacked, especially in the 450 class and the 250 classes will be open and wild. So there'll be so much to keep an eye on for sure, mate. And yeah, thanks again for joining us for another edition of this podcast, mate, the Chad MXON. It'll kind of be the last major edition, but no, another great episode, mate. And cheers again. But before we let you go, we'll thank the sponsors in Golf Racing Fuels, Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Cherby's, AS3 Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK. O'Neill and of course even Strokes for all their incredible support, as without them there is no us. So thanks again, Brad. All the best for the rest of the week, mate, and look forward to catching up soon.
1: Yeah, cheers, mate. Thank you very much.